Oh my God. Are we really in season two already? Hey, beautiful humans. You're listening to the Human Experience Podcast, hosted by me, Kiara Marie. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I'm here to share my human experience, as well as have these raw and powerful conversations with leaders in the health and wellness space. The Human Experience Podcast began because I truly believe our souls are here to experience a wide range of emotions, make mistakes, own our past traumas that led us to make them, and face our deepest fears in order to grow. The Human Experience is a conversation about self-development, conscious awareness, normal human responses, and connecting mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. The Human Experience promises to deliver authenticity and diversity. The Human Experience community is a group of humans doing the work so they can live their lives to their fullest potential and are here to break intergenerational family patterns that generations to come can too. At The Human Experience, we're diving deep. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Human Experience Podcast. You have no idea how much gratitude I have for my listeners and just being able to be in a space to create and to speak with these incredible guests that I have on the show. It is truly a dream. And I wanted to take a moment to chat about my private coaching that I am offering right now. Um, I do offer three and six month options for those women who are my high high achievers. And I feel like women in general kind of put a lot of pressure on themselves, whether it's internal or external pressure. Um, I've just been seeing myself included with my clients that the ones who develop symptoms, chronic symptoms especially, are the ones who are high achievers or put a lot of pressure on themselves or are easily stressed out. Um, just happens to be the way of the world and that's okay. Um, I've now been able to get to a place where I'm able to manage my chronic stress with some tools, which you have too. You have these tools. It's just a matter of accessing them. Um, and having someone who has been there and who can guide you throughout a process because I cannot tell you guys, I had my family and loved ones by my side throughout my entire journey, but they just never understood. They were there to support me and love me and tell me everything was going to be okay. But because I didn't have anyone who truly understood what it was like to be in my body, to, to feel how crippling it felt to experience the bloat that I did. I felt six months pregnant when I wasn't. And just my cycles were all over the place. Like I was getting them 16 days late and it was, it was a mess. And my acne and just going to the bathroom was a nightmare. I, I it just felt like the end of the world. And at 20 something years old, that's not how you're supposed to feel. You're supposed to be out there living your life and not let another day pass because yeah, you only get this life once and you should live it to the best of your capabilities. So in my three-month and six-month programs, I do offer unlimited support via an app, which we call Voxer. It's like a walkie-talkie. It's pretty awesome. So any questions that my clients have, if it's relating to a supplement, something that you get in the grocery store, um, how you're feeling, whatever, you have me 
literally in the palm of your hand. Um, and then we do one-on-one, one-hour calls every two weeks and, um, grocery list recipes, the whole nine yards to get you started. Um, and then we address diet, rest, exercise, stress, supplementation, these are all things that will get you on the right path to healing. No more guessing games. I do as well offer um, functional diagnostic lab testing. So if you are far enough in your journey, you're not getting answers. You've seen several doctors. You're just your symptoms are all over the place and exacerbated. That's when I will offer lab testing. However, I do see a lot of clients that have never even stepped into a grocery store or even have cooked anything healthy and haven't tried those simple steps first or not drinking enough water, you know, and so forth. So um, we will just start with nutritional therapy alone because I see it as a profound impact on your body just by making those simple changes. And if we hit a wall and you're healing or whatever, um, then we can definitely step in with some functional diagnostic lab testing. So three and six month programs, they are awesome and I love them so much and I love my clients dearly. Um, so if you guys are interested in hearing more and scheduling, scheduling a free symptom audit so that we can go over your symptoms to see if it would be a good fit to work with each other. Um, you can, schedule your free symptom audit um in the link in my bio and my instagram or you can just shoot me an email at kiara marie wellness at gmail.com now back to the show welcome to the show caprisha how are you having me i am doing fabulous good happy to hear you you look fabulous caprisha and i are in a video (laughs) chat right now and i'm like i'm in like sweatpants like i just well, I didn't just roll out of bed. I've been awake, but like, it's typically the get up. But and I admire you, and I want to talk about this too, and how this makes you feel, and how like you start the day. And I feel like I need more of this. Yeah, was that your cat? Yeah, just, just ignore her. <laughs> I told her I was going on this podcast, and she was <laughs> today. I'm like, I'm so done with her. <laughs> oh my gosh, cats are awesome. Are. Um, okay, so. Today on the show, we're going to talk all about your health and wellness journey and how that's been relating to gut health and hormone health and just everything you incorporate in your practice now. Um, And I want to really focus on divine feminine energy because this is something like the work that I've been getting into as well. And I'm so fascinated by it. And I feel like this is another missing link to the puzzle, especially for women um, in this go, 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 fast-paced lifestyle that we lead today. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Capricia. All righty. So hello, listeners. Kara, thank you for having me on the show. I'm so honored. Of course. Um, So to your listeners, hello, everyone. My name is Capricia Richards. I am a holistic nutritionist and wellness coach for female leaders. So essentially what I do is I help my clients to build a sustainable health lifestyle. And in that, we deal with everything internally and we work our way out. So my zone of genius is gut health, hormonal health. And helping my clients to tap into this divine feminine, because like you were saying, Kiara, that is 
honestly the missing link. And um, I found that in a lot of people's health journeys, this is the number one reason why they keep looping and starting over from scratch is because we're not getting to the actual root cause of the problem. So that's a little bit about what I do. (laughs) Awesome. And you had some of your own health struggles, right? Oh, girl. Absolutely. (laughs) Tell us about them. Oh, child. Okay. So when it comes to um, how I got started, um, I had my own gut health issues. So growing up, I was involved in everything. Like, what was I not doing? (laughs) Um, I was in sports, um, pageants, just always, always going. Um, My mom, you know, she was a police officer. So growing up, I was always around this, like, go-go, masculine, you know, sports and just always doing something. And when I got to college, I realized that "Mm, I'm not feeling too well. You know, I realized I would be fatigued a lot of the times, like, and as a college athlete, that was a huge thing, right? Because you need that energy because you're exerting so much, right? And so I started to, you know, dive into what the heck is going on with me. So on top of the low energy, I had endometriosis, um, which was absolutely horrible. (laughs) I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And for the women who do experience endometriosis, I know they feel me on this one. Um, But periods were just always something to not look forward to. Um, It was just horrible. I had a, a lot of food intolerances. Every time I looked around, there was something that I couldn't eat. And I'm like, what the heck is going on with me? Um, brain fog. What else did I have, girl? Oh, another thing. <laughs> I, my skin used to be horrendous. And I went to so many dermatologists, got so many topical treatments, the, the proactive girl, I tried everything, okay? And nothing was helping. And it it got to a point where I was just like so helpless. And I was like, I got to figure this shit out. (laughs) I don't know if we can curse on this podcast. No, you can, you can. I got to figure this out. And so literally I just started Googling and trying things out. And that's where my health journey honestly began. Wow. Just a whole load of stuff. And like you said, it all really started a lot way before you actually experience symptoms. And I think that's a big point that we need to drive home is that symptoms are the last thing to occur. Oh, girl. Um, Your body starts experiencing dysfunction at a much earlier stage. Um, And you were so young too. And I can relate to that so much myself because I, I mean, I wasn't in sports. I like I, that's something that I I cried my way out of when I was a child. And that's something I wish my mom like was a little bit more like stern with me about, but she, like I was crying and I just, yeah, I didn't stay in sports because of that. But anyway, I did experience like emotional stressors, like growing up and that just led to me experiencing digestive issues at a very, very young age in college. And then I ignored them because I was like, okay, like this is normal. Like other people get bloated too. And, you know, but then I also kept quiet to myself because I was like, I don't know if I am the only one or what if I am. And I didn't want to be like that weird person who was bloated all the time and, and gassy and not having like regular bowel movements and who was moody and all the things. 
And then that led to symptoms getting worse and worse until I was like you. I was like, okay, I got to figure this shit out. Yeah. <laughs> um, endometriosis. I've had clients who have endo, but can you tell us what endometriosis like actually is? Yeah. So essentially what it is, is every single month um, when you are in your menstrual phase of your cycle, that's when you're bleeding, um, your body is getting rid of the endometrial lining. When you have endometriosis, in this stage, the endometrial lining is starting to go in other areas of your reproductive system. So it gets sloughed off in your ovaries, your fallopian tubes. It can just go all sorts of places. And for me, some of the symptoms that I was having was very heavy. When I tell you heavy, girl... Like, what is a diva cup? I would have needed like three of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Very... <laughs> I'm sorry. Y'all, we're getting no. real graphic today, okay? No, no, please. <laughs> this is hilarious. Really heavy, um, irregular period. So I would have, yeah. you know, my cycle one month. It would last like, oh God, it would last like five days. It would stop for two days and then come back for another four days then maybe I wouldn't see it for another two to three months. It was just a mess. The most uncomfortable thing about that was the sharp pains that I used to get during that time of the month. Oh, bless you, Jesus. Mm. I always used to say, if this is how contractions feel mm. when you're about to give birth, I don't want no babies. <laughs> don't sign me <laughs> up. I'm done. Peace out. I'll adopt. Thank you so much. Thank you for playing. Oh We're out, right? Oh my gosh. Um, and just to be, you know, going through that every single month, it, it makes you hate being a woman, you know? And I was like, this, something is not right here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So then that led to you to this work, yeah. what you do now, which is yeah. something that I always like to look back on. I'm like, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for my own health struggles. Absolutely. And I'm glad that I went through them. It sucked, but I'm glad that I went through them and got through them. And now I can help other women do the same thing too. Um, so why, okay. So we kind of talked about like why these issues kind of can come on and that can just be like physical stress, emotional stress. Um, how does someone start, like, where do you start with your clients like, and on their healing journeys? Yeah. So um, something that a lot of people don't realize is that most of the symptoms that we're experiencing is due to a compromised gut health. So if you have, um, you know, brain fog, even up to hormonal issues, I mean, most of the symptoms that we experience can nine times out of 10 be connected or um, reverted back to your gut health. So that is the place that I always start with my clients, um, because usually the symptoms that they're that that sorry that they are communicating to me, you know, whether it be stagnant weight or they're tired all the time, all of these sorts of things are signals that there is an imbalance in your gut health, and we've got to get that in order. So that's usually all, always the place that I start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and. I think a lot of people kind of get confused because like, why are you looking at my gut when I'm experiencing issues like with my ovaries or hormonal acne and stuff? It doesn't quite 
makes sense. Yeah. And I think a lot of people want to jump to fixing the hormones first. Mm-hmm. And it's something that'll come in time. I feel like the hormones are kind of the last thing. Yeah. Um, that'll get the chance to heal. I mean, you'll definitely like see relief by just addressing gut health first because more our hormones like lie in our gut health. Yeah. Um, and then tying into the divine feminine energy work, what is divine feminine energy? Yeah. So, oh my God, there's so much rhetoric going on now about feminine energy and I'm so, it makes me so excited. I feel like as a collective we are all starting to realize that, hey, this way of doing work, this go-go, constantly hustling, I feel like our ears are starting to perk up and be like, "Mm, something doesn't seem right about this. So we have grown up in a very like pseudo-masculine way of doing things. The masculine is responsible for constantly doing, right? Um, pumping out work, doing, doing, doing energy. But we have both, right? We have both, yes. And we do need both. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. because we have grown up in a pseudo-masculine, we have completely just taken masculine energy and like times tend it. (laughs) So we're actually not even operating in the divine masculine, right? So essentially what the divine feminine is, is to me, it always starts with healing, healing on a deeper level, looking at old wounds, old trauma, right? Surrendering and and looking at those things. That's where the divine feminine starts. Mm -hmm. And once you can tap into that and really anchor into your body and your truth and feel safe in yourself first then you can move outward. I feel like a lot of people, um, you know, they understand feminine energy in the concept of flow and being and self-care. But we always need to start with healing those shadow aspects of ourselves and healing those old wounds first so that you can feel safe in your body to flow and to surrender Mm. and to do all of those things. So that's how I like to kind of um, look at it. Oh my gosh, that is beautiful. I'm like, yes, (laughs) hallelujah. This feels so good to hear. Um, And the shadow work, this is something that I've been getting into myself because I feel like there's so many parts of myself that I just don't like. And I'm like, I don't ever want those to come to the surface on a regular basis. And I want to hide them and stuff them and put them away so they never, ever come out. But what is shadow work? And how does that, um, what does that have to do with, yeah, those aspects of ourself, our shadow, like the stuff that we want to hide, but will always be there. Mm. Yeah. So shadow work is essentially looking at the aspects that, You don't particularly want the world to know about. So your shadow self could be, you know, your negative self-talk or the way that you feel about yourself. You constantly beating yourself up. Um, And the reason we want to look at these aspects is because we need to create comfortability in our body of duality meaning that you want your body to be comfortable with experiencing all the spectrums of feelings, 
right? Because they, they all serve a purpose. We can't only want to be happy, right? Because it's in those moments of feeling low and, and you know, questioning yourself. Those are always invitations to dig deeper and ask yourself, okay, why are these things coming up? What haven't I looked at that I need to take a deeper look at? And that's where the growth happens. And so we mm-hmm. start... Um, feeling more comfortable with looking at that, that those shadow aspects of ourselves. And the more we can do that, those aspects feel more safe to be present and they don't take control of our lives so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is shadow ego or am I mixing those two terms up? Um, the way how I look at ego, I feel like ego doesn't want the shadow to come up. That's how I kind of look at it. Yes, that makes so much sense. Okay. And ego is something that I've been trying to learn (laughs) for like the past two or three years, um, ever since I was introduced to the work of Eckhart Tolle. Mm. And Gosh, I love Eckhart Tolle. And um, I kind of perceived ego as like this bad thing. Yeah. And I was like, got to get rid of ego. She's not going to serve any good in my life. I don't know why she's here. Yeah. (laughs) And so the reason I asked is because like I kind of wanted to stuff her away too. Mm -hmm. Um, But what what is the true definition of ego and it, it might be different for everyone too um i think that ego serves its purpose so i look at ego as sort of like the ideal way that we would want ourselves to be perceived so that's how i kind of look at ego mhm yeah yeah i like you just said, like ego serves a purpose. I think ego wants to protect and yeah. So then comes that like defensiveness. If someone says something to you and it's not something you agree with, or you don't like the way they said it. Um, and then I also have a hard time deciphering like, okay, is it ego or is it a firm boundary that I need to set Mm. to boundary work Mm -hmm. (laughs) is so, so difficult, but I think that's also like a form of self-love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and this, this is a part of being in your divine feminine is setting Mm -hmm. firm boundaries. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between like being bitchy yeah. And just operating from this, you know, like very high ego thing. And then having boundaries from a place of self-love, like you said. Can you give us an example of a boundary, like in any capacity? Because I feel like I was just talking to my mom about this the other day. I was like, mom, like you need to like set a boundary. I, I can't remember the exact situation, but oh, she was like, I don't want so-and-so taking a picture of me because I don't feel comfortable. And I was like, okay, you know, this is how you say it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, I can't. Like, I feel guilty. I feel guilty. And I feel like a bitch saying that. Mm-hmm. And so is there an example that you could give us? Yeah. So, um, okay. Let's say that you and a friend were supposed to go out for lunch 
And at the last mm-hmm. second, your friend is like, um, hey, not going to make it. Um, hopefully we can catch up soon. Mm. So a boundary, what women usually would more likely say is, oh, yeah, no worries. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> the boundary would be, hey, actually, can you let me know next time earlier in advance? Because that wasn't okay. Mm, yeah right so So from that from mm. then and there you're already operating from a place of love so the intention behind of it and the energy that you're bringing forth is already from a good place so they will perceive it in the way that you want them to perceive it and once you state state that it's already out on the table so there doesn't need to be any animosity And people respect you so much more when you set very clear boundaries. And you you actually help your relationships by setting your boundaries. Mm -hmm. Because you're teaching them how to, how you treat yourself is how you're teaching others to treat you. And you're coming from a place of so much self-respect. It's like, whoa, okay, like, this is how I need to operate around Kiara Mm -hmm. or so-and-so. And that is definitely something that I'm working on right now Um, because I am that girl. I'm like, people can cross my boundaries Mm. all all the time. And I'm just so like giving and I'm like, oh yeah, it's fine. No worries. Or like come into my space, my time. And it's like, it's no big deal. And I try not to make a big deal about it because I think in the past, um, I have been shamed for that, like mm. for making something a big deal when it actually wasn't. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about shame because I feel like this has a lot to do with um, depleting the feminine energy too. Ooh. Ooh, girl. Yeah. Um, going back to what you said about, you know, you trying to have set your boundary before and then you being shamed by it. I think every woman goes through this. Um, I definitely went through that and I definitely had my moments. I feel like we, the way how we think about boundaries before we dive into this work, we think of this is my boundary and that's it, period and done. Whereas Mm. a healthy boundary is, hey, this is my boundary. We can converse about it. We can talk about it. Right. And there's room for for being malleable. Mm. So I think when if we can let go of this need to be like, this is my boundary and that's it and that's done. I think it, it gets rid of that anxious feeling. And it allows you to drop into your body and be like, you know what, this is coming from such a place of self-love. And I'm telling you this because I love you and I want a relationship to work. And the yes. person has no, no other, you know, way but to, to take it in that way. And if they don't, then that's not your person. But going back to shame, um, yeah, it's literally in our DNA. It's been going from generations to generations, this aspect of, of shame. Um, you know, when we were changing from a... Um, maternal sort of society to a masculine 
you know, sort of thing, women now had to start relying on men to be their providers, right? And so women started to tag against each other because they were literally fighting for survival, fighting for husbands. And so this is where this whole, you know, sisterhood wounding and all these sort of things started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl, we're going deep in here. <laughs> yes, I love it. This is the work I love. Um, and then that that creates a trauma too. And I feel like trauma is such a loaded word, but I think we've all experienced traumas. You know, what is an example of a trauma that you see with your clients? Oh, um, hmm. I think sisterhood wounding is a very common one. What does that mean? So essentially sisterhood wounding is your aversion to other women. So, you know, growing up, you know, some girls used to be like, I only hang around guys. Girls are just too catty. Right. I'm sure yes. that. I've yes. said that. <laughs> yes. I have totally said that. Yeah. Right. So Yeah, essentially sisterhood wounding is feeling as though um, we can't ever have a good relationship with women because we have been hurt in the past, whether through friendships or, you know, someone stole your man or all these different things. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. that's a very common one. And it's something that we don't realize. And that gets very lodged into, you know, our, our womb and our sacral and you know, that prevents mm-hmm. you from having great relationships with other women. It even prevents having a great relationship in your partner, right? Because you don't have this sense of, of trust in anyone. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't heard of that phrase before, but that's, that's, I mean, that's so true. I've seen that so much in, in my relationships uh, coming from high end um, and also just other women around me. Um, and something that I've been learning too about was, um, womb trauma. And you just said like the, the energy can uh-huh. stay stagnant in our wombs, but womb trauma also relating to, um, you know, anything that our moms may have experienced while we were in the womb uh-huh. or prior to getting pregnant, because you're also like, okay, if you have your grandma, um, and then your mom is in her womb, but you're still there. Right. So like if your grandmother experienced something and you're sitting in your mom's ovaries, like in her belly, that stuff carries. And it's, that's when it becomes generational. And then we're like stuck and ingrained in these, these patterns. And I think it takes like a huge wake up call to be like, wow. Okay. No, I don't want to carry these patterns into my uh, generation. And you know, generations to come. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, yeah, that's something that I've been dig- digging deep to, into as well. And I actually just came across a study uh-huh. that was conducted um, and saw that just because of the way the cortisol spikes um, when we experience traumas uh-huh. um, and the stress response that creates. So yeah. it's all very fascinating. And I'm glad you brought up womb. Ladies, all of your trauma everything that we experience gets stored inside of your womb. And this is why I incorporate this work into my clients, even though we may just be dealing with like a gut health issue. If you still have stuck trauma inside of your womb, 
guess what? That problem is going to keep coming back and keep coming back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Something that I've been learning more about is yoni steaming Mm -hmm. and how that can help. I mean, obviously it's not like a a one fix all like, okay, if you do a few yoni steaming sessions, your womb trauma is cleared. That would be nice. But um, have you ever done yoni steaming? I have a couple times. Um, I'm not like super, super deep into it, um, but I have mm-hmm. tried it a couple times. It's, it's a really nice sensation. Yeah, it is. If anything, you just get like this warm. It's like a big hug to your yoni. Yeah, and and your yoni, everything yeah. that's down there. It's like, what does it mean in Sanskrit? It's like your sacred space i don't know i I need to look that up yeah i think it is and i think the most beautiful thing about yoni steaming is it brings awareness to that body part there's a lot of shame for women when it comes to you know that that body part uh a lot of women don't like to look down there they don't touch themselves you know it's just saved for your partner and then that's it where Mm -hmm. we have to get comfortable with our own body. So I think that's a beautiful thing about Yoni steaming. Yes, I love it. I've done it a few times. Um, And it's just so relaxing. And even like for um, periods, any hormonal imbalances or postpartum too, Mm. um, like sexual trauma that's occurred. Yeah. I think it's just a really nice practice to incorporate into the rest of the 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 protocol that you would be on yeah. um while feeling um and then also talking about you had just said something about like getting into your body and i feel like this ties into like feminine embodiment practices mm-hmm. um so what do you mean when you say that like getting out of your mind into your body i feel like that's so hard for us as women to do, even when we're doing something like getting to know ourselves and, and our yonis, it's like, okay, am I doing this right? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like just so much going on in the mind. Like how can we get out of the mind into the body? Yeah. Um, definitely. The first thing is exploring your traumas. Um, and you definitely want to do this with someone who is, I think the biggest reason why a lot of women are always in their heads is because we haven't yet anchored into safety within our bodies. Our body doesn't feel safe, right? From a young age, our bodies are sexualized, right? Mm. Being catcalled from the age of 11, 12, right? Yeah. Being told you know, be conservative, right? If we grew up with with boy siblings, boys always got to go out and do more fun things that the girls normally, right? Girls are told to keep your legs closed and just all of these, um, you know, indoctrinations that we keep hearing over and over and over again, it doesn't create safety to just be in your body and to like, be confident in in what you are literally carrying and the the female body mm-hmm. is so beautiful you know and it's it's a shame that we have grown up to believe that our body is made for someone else or something else so yeah mm-hmm. that's the first aspect is looking at those traumas um 
you know, finding a way to clear them. And I do this a lot with my clients through different modality practices, um, anger release. There's just so much. And once you release that, you're like, oh, wow, okay, I didn't die. I'm still here. Right. And so it makes you start to feel more comfortable to like be in your body and explore more in your body. So, yeah. (laughs) That is so true because if those traumas are still there, you're still going to have those blocks. Exactly. And you're not going to be able to get through. Right. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much you, you know, you go to pole class or you sexy dance, you do all these things, right? The tra- if the trauma is still there, you're not going to fully surrender to it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I still have a lot of work to do there because those are, I do dance and I do, but then as of lately, I've just, I feel like when I was younger, I was probably intoxicated, but I was more open to just being open. Mm. But now I do myself in my room yeah just not under the influence and I I find it hard so hard to just like open up even though no one is watching but I'm like in my head and being my own judge Mm, yeah that's hard um have you pole danced I do pole dance so Quick story, quick story. When I was diving into all of this feminine energy stuff, when I was just hearing about it, this was like two years ago, I was like, I want to pole dance. And immediately there was so much shame around it. It was like, oh my God, I'm going to be perceived as like a stripper, which there's nothing wrong with being a stripper. I'm going to be perceived as like this naughty person. And that's not in my character, you know? And it's just crazy. So um, back in the day, I used to be a fitness coach. And around that time, I felt myself wanting to explore other ways of, of, you know, exercising my body and moving my body and challenging my body. So I started pole dancing, and it just turned into a whirlwind of so much healing for me. So what started off as originally, you know what, I just want to try something new to move my body. It turned into a whole new thing. It turned into me like experiencing myself and my body in just so many different ways. So yes, I do pole dance. (laughs) It is absolutely my favorite thing in the world. I actually have a pole in my house, y'all. It's that serious. So um, I definitely encourage... You're the second person that I've talked to um, within like the past week or so that has had a poll in their house. And I feel like I'm getting called to like do that. <laughs> that would be so awesome. But I've never even like taken um, a pole dancing class. So I think I should start there and see if it is for me. But just what, from what I've seen and like videos and stuff, it looks so empowering, so much strength and a core strength involved. And I feel like we underestimate that power. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, like all women have this like raging desire deep within themselves to just like be sexy Mm. and just roll around the ground and just like, you know, roll your, roll your hips and just like be free, you know, but 
we often stop ourselves based on what we think we should do, right? Oh, I work in corporate. I could never do that. Or, you know, I'm supposed to be this thing. And it's like, you're a woman. You're a woman. You get to experience that. And so Mm -hmm. I just think, you know, as a collective, the way that we're shifting, more and more women are standing up for that. And they're they're like, I'm going to take a pole class. You know, so many of my friends, when I first started, they were like, I could never do that. And now they're like, hey, when's the next poll class? I'd love to come. Oh, my God. I need to find this beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's because we grew up with so much shame around pornography, uh, strippers, sex, drugs. I mean, everything that was just like, no, these are bad. And this is what you're supposed to do. Get good grades. Be kind. And like, yeah, like still do those (laughs) things. But like. Maybe there doesn't have to be so much stigma around these other things. And maybe if we had like positive relationships with these things, maybe we wouldn't have experienced the traumas that we, we may have uh-huh. growing up. So if we ha- it, it all starts with childhood and having that modeled to us, I think, in, the, in a very useful manner. I don't want to say right because – Right or wrong, I mean, who really knows what's right or wrong? But I think yeah. in a useful way where you can utilize it and and um, empower yourself to know what's for you, what's what's not for you. Yeah, and here's the thing, ladies: is your sexual energy is the same thing as your creative energy. So if you are not exploring like your sexuality, not with someone else, but like your own body for you, and like you know, moving your hips and exploring different creative things, you're never going to be able to fully access all of your creative potential, right? And this is amazing for women in business, right? If you want to really tap into like your utmost like potential and abundance in business, you would want to get connected to that, that feminine aspect of you and your sexuality, your sensuality, all of that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And I think, and I think also like a message that we're, we're not trying to portray is like go out and like be this wild, sexy woman for, for someone else mm. more just for yourself. We're not saying Absolutely. to go out and like have sex with just anyone and everyone, because I also think that creates womb trauma too. And because oh, there's, absolutely. Yeah, there's, you're taking on someone else's traumas and you might not know anything about them and vice versa. Um, and then the exchange of energy as well. Mm-hmm. You decide to have intercourse with someone. Um, but it, it all starts with you clearing your traumas, releasing them, being able to get into your body and feel empowered and this like wild woman that yes. that serves you and your growth. Um, and I think yeah. that is something in my healing journey that I've just been tapping into, but I've, I've, I've seen the power in it. Um, especially when it comes to relieving certain symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. Symptoms are just physical manifestations of what's really just going on inside. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what does, um, so the feminine energy serves what exactly? 
What do you mean? What do, what does so like, it serve? Like the masculine energy serves X and the feminine energy serves Y and how like how we can bring them into harmony because like you said, we have both in, in every single yeah. person. Yeah. So the way I always explain this to my clients is imagine someone needs water. So maybe you you've stumbled across a homeless guy on the side of the road and he desperately needs water. Can you give him water in the palm of your hand? No, because the water is just going to drain out, right? So you need a container. Mm. Can you just give him the container? No, because he needs the water. So think of the cup as the masculine, right? We need that container so that the water, which is the feminine, can flow freely in internally. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I love that so in, yeah, in order for us to, you know, feel safe to flow and self-care and just be, we've got to have structure in our days, right? We've got to have things organized, right? Any sort of paperwork and, and if you own a business or whatever, you want to make sure all of those things are set in place. You want to make sure that you have action steps, you know, whether it be weekly, biweekly, you know what you're doing for the month, right? So that you can actually flow. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you guys an example of how I do this in business. So I always plan my business quarterly. So I know what what's getting done this quarter, right? Not necessarily planning out from week to week, but I know what's happening during the quarter. Then I might break it down from month to month. So I know, okay, I need to get all of this done by the end of the month. And that's how you can add in the feminine, but the masculine is still there. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important for, for women in corporate or those who are just starting off their business. Um, I know for me, I have been very much operating in the masculine, where it's just like not taking any rest for myself, just go, 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 and not really setting a plan. Like, like you just said, like quarterly, um, it's more so like just get as much as you can done and just do it until you have everything off your plate. And that's never going to be the case because there's always going to be something on your plate, like especially if you have your own business, like it's there's going to be always something to do. Um, right. That's really helpful. And when you said setting containers, that's something I've been digging as far as like my emotions and what wants to come through, but also setting that container where it's like, okay, I have this amount of time to just cry or be whatever I want to be for this hour and then not let that interfere with my next day because I do have shit to do. I have stuff to get done and I can't have my emotions that want to come through because then also you're pushing them away if they do interfere with your day-to-day activities. So it's like, no, I have to get this done, but this emotion wants to arise, but I'm not letting it because it, it can't mess me up. So how does someone go about that with like setting containers for themselves and and releasing whatever it needs to come through. Yeah. Um, so I definitely have those moments too, 
where maybe I, you know, I have a really busy week. Um, maybe there's a lot of like, maybe I'm running a challenge or something and it's just like, go, 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 go. If, if in the midst of that, I'm feeling some type of way, I'll be like, I'm going to get back to this. I'm going to get back to this tonight or tomorrow and actually like set a time when I'm going to do that. So it's not that I'm bypassing it. It's like, I acknowledge you. I see you. Let me go ahead and get this done. Maybe I'll run through a quick NLP technique to help me like just to rewire my, my thinking so that, you know, I have a more like positive outlook for the time being but I'll know that let me come back to this so I can like actually be in my feelings and let the feelings come out. And that's the masculine setting that for yourself. Right. And then the feminine allowing the energy to come through. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And it's really important that you are allowing your masculine to come through. I feel like I know for me, when I started learning about this feminine energy stuff, I made the mistake. And I think this happens naturally where I went from all the way in the masculine to all the way in the feminine. Mm. And I had to find that middle ground of like, yes, we can be in our emotions and feel the feelings, but we still need to get things done. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard for me because I'm like, I'm a very emotional person. Um, I feel things very deeply, um, very empathic, if you will just like watching movies with animals who die. Like it would just, it would hurt so bad. Oh girl, I'm the same way. I was, I would just have to like either turn away or just can't look or just very, like cry very, very deeply because I, I, I feel their pain and it's just a movie. It's like a, a fictional movie, like, but still, <laughs> and um, setting these containers for myself has been really helpful because I used to be so bedridden by my emotions, whereas like Mm -hmm. I need to feel this and I need to feel this all day until something comes and fix me, fixes me and not having that, that um, one self-love self-worth, but also um, I think at the end of the day, all we have is ourselves. So I wasn't like showing up for myself in there too. So now that I set these containers for myself, I'm able to just let whatever needs to come out for that hour, whatever the time I set for myself, and then go about my day. And it helps so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, gosh. I was just going to say something. I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Just being, I think I I saw you, it's like, I was so bedridden from like my emotions. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I, something that I have, so something that I used to do is when I was like very heavy, heavily in my masculine, I had this perfectionism, um, way about me and I would feel as though I can't show up online if I'm not a hundred percent on my A game. And so I just, I'd either pretend like everything was okay or I just, you know, I'd be ghost for a couple of days or whatever. I think there's so much power in showing your vulnerability and allowing people to see like, hey, this is what I'm going through. You know, let's say you had a mini training 
you know, scheduled for tomorrow and tomorrow comes and you are just like, I, I, (laughs) today is not the day. Yeah. So what I have found so much beauty in is just being honest, going on and, you know, using it as a teaching moment, I think is the most important. So, hey guys, this is what I'm currently experiencing. You know, these are the tools and the methods that I'm using to work my way through it. Mm, I love that so much. I can totally yeah. relate. I have been going through my own emotional struggles and that caused me to sh- like shut down and, and pretty much be offline for a long period of time. And that's why I'm, I'm just starting my business back up again because I was like not in the right headspace, but I wasn't using that as like a, a teaching moment, like you said. Yeah. And it's hard. And- Mm -hmm. I think there's a fine distinction between um, coming online and just like spewing your guts and spewing your emotions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, coming on, being real and using it as a teaching moment. I feel like as leaders, we have to remember that you're still a leader. Yeah. Right? So at the end of the day, people want to know that you'll be able to still hold them and have a container for them if they would want to work with you. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you're having some sort of, of composure at the end of the day, not saying you can't cry or show emotion or whatever, but just have in mind that people are looking up to you. You're still a leader. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you had mentioned perfectionism. Um, and I've been learning more about the toxic feminine traits and masculine traits, because yeah, you have feminine energy, like a healthy feminine energy and then a healthy masculine, but there's, there are toxic um, traits to both that can occur. Like a, like an unhealthy masculine would look like a lot of aggressiveness. Um, Uh What else? I'm like drawing a blank here. Um, working too much, you know, you have to have control of everything. Everything has to be scheduled. It's just very rigid. Yeah. And then a toxic feminine can also show up as perfectionism too. Um, yeah. Emotional dumping, I think Mm -hmm. like a healthy venting. Um, what other toxic feminine traits are there? A toxic feminine trait, um, and I see this a lot when people are first starting to learn about feminine, is just having no direction at all. So they think, oh, I'm just going to flow my way through life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we have to remember that we still need, you know, some sort of game plan, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. that's so true. Because it's like, I mean... Go with the flow, but also make sure like you're grounded so you know in life and so you're not taking on everyone else's because like, oh my gosh, yeah, like being empathic and also going with the flow. It's like, okay, like I'll just let everyone else's opinions of whatever Mm -hmm. come into my body and I will take those on as my own. Yeah. And not having your um what am I trying to say? Like your own belief system. Mm-hmm. And that's when you can get really confused in who you are and lose yourself. And it's like, whoa, how did I get here? <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. I love this work so much. 
Um, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So why is this so imperative to like a woman's healing? Mm. <laughs> I feel that as women, we have been taught that we have to quote unquote, put in the work, right? There's always this narrative that in order to get to where it is that you want to go, you have to put in this, this, this extreme amount of work. I always use the example of when women want to lose weight, they think that, oh my God, I have to cut a million calories and I have to go to the gym a billion times and I have to do all this cardio. It's got to be work. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is such a beautiful option for women to still get to the end result, but in a much more um, honoring way mm. where it honors your feminine and it honors you as a woman and you still get to where it is that you want to go. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, I was reading, I can't remember where I was reading some of the ways that you can get in touch with your feminine when you are working in like a corporate position where it's like very masculine driven um, mm-hmm. to do something as simple as, wearing sexy lingerie mm-hmm. with your work outfit or wearing the color orange. When I see your wearing Yes, orange. yes. <laughs> I am. I love so it. Orange, orange is the color of our sacral chakra and your sacral <laughs> is where, you know, your womb spaces, all of that, your creativity. So when you're wearing the color, it just keeps you, um, keeps that in mind, like sacral, sacral, sacral. Mm, I love that so much. And also, um, like a technique, like tell us about the NLP techniques. Oh, okay. So, oh my God, love NLP. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell. Oh, I love NLP so much. Um, So the first thing I want to say is that NLP is a very masculine way of, um, going about things. So I think it's really important that you bring in those feminine techniques, right? But then you're also, you have these NLP modalities. So what was your question again about NLP? Just like any of the techniques that one can incorporate, or does it have to be done by a practitioner? Or can you do it to yourself? There are some um, techniques that you can do on your own, but most of them, um, a practitioner will have to walk you through them because NLP is working with your subconscious mind. And so a lot of, there's a certain way that you have to speak to the um, subconscious mind. And what does NLP stand for again? So it stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. Okay. Yeah. And it's essentially based... it's based on the idea that someone can move out of a state, whether they are in fear or they're anxious or um, they have a phobia or there's a pattern that they have been looping for so long and they want to get rid of. NLP allows you to go back to where that behavior began it allows you to bring in a new way of doing things and a new way of thinking and to bring those lessons back to the present moment. Mm. 
And it's awesome because you don't have to like experience the same trauma that you may have experienced at that time, but it allows the behavior to change almost instantaneously. Mm -hmm. And a majority of the time we're operating from what part of the brain, like on a regular basis before we tap into the subconscious mind. So usually we're in the conscious. Okay. And is it, because I, I feel like we also operate on autopilot. I feel like conscious and autopilot are contradicting in a sense. So your subconscious is actually your autopilot. So your, so your subconscious mm. has been developed by what you experienced when you were younger, usually between the ages of zero and seven. So the way that you act, the way that you think, um, your beliefs on religion or whatever that is governed based on what you experienced growing up. And that's in your subconscious mind. Mm, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay, so going back to like what someone can do to get in touch with their feminine body um, when they're in a masculine-driven environment, what else can they do? Mm. Um, like I said, I always encourage, you know, doing some sort of work with someone where you can, you know, tap into those old woundings and old traumas and just exploring them so you can clear those things out. That's Mm -hmm. always the first place you want to begin. Other things you can do is honestly just knowing that there is so much power and there's so much uniqueness that you bring as a woman to the workspace. So it's not about trying to be like the men because they're already men. They're already doing their thing. What can you bring different to the table? So women have a wealth of creative energy. You literally create life, right? So in a business meeting, if people are trying to come up with ideas, hello, that is your zone of genius, (laughs) Right. So make yourself heard, bring your ideas to the table. And I know this ranges for so many people where you, you may not have um, that voice or that place to do so. Um, But just knowing that because I am a woman, I have my own strengths and I don't have to play a man to get to where it is that I want to go. And you can, you, you can literally use like, Women are so captivating. We're so magnetizing. Use that, right? Mm -hmm. For good, of course. (laughs) Yeah. But like you said, it's hard to tap into that unless we've been able to clear some of the past stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So often I hear, or at least I've been told, like when in the workspace, always have like a firm handshake 
but it's isn't it like very masculine when you're only when you're trying to like shake like a man's hand it's like you gotta just shake it firm and hard so they know you're not here to play like do you agree with that you know what I feel like because for so long we have been used to the workspace operating in that way it's gonna take a while for things to change so I feel as though if all women take a stand in the corporate space and they're like, I'm no longer available for operating that way, then the narrative gets to change. But it will take a while because that is how corporate is, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I think what we're trying to drive home here is that you can do all the pole dancing, the dancing in your room, yoga, um, what else? Every <laughs> all the feminine embodiment practices, but until you won't be able to reap the true benefits of them until you clear and address first address that there is some like past trauma that has has maybe been guiding you all along all along because I think okay you have this trauma but then those trauma wounds still exist so then you keep getting dirt in them and you keep trying to clean them, but you don't actually let them heal. And um, they can guide your everyday decisions if you don't actually get to the bottom of them for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I enjoyed this conversation so much, Capricia. Me too. (laughs) Um, Is there anything that you'd like to leave the listeners with regarding the feminine and masculine energies? Mm, get into it get into it um I know you know when I first started to dive into this stuff my friends and family and it was just such a foreign concept to everyone around me and you know if you're starting to dive into this work you may experience you know your loved ones being like I don't get it I don't know what that is but this stuff is is where we need to be shifting. We're already shifting there anyway. Awesome. So get into it. Get into it. Um, one of my favorite teachers in the space um, is John Wineland. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Him and Madeline Moon are awesome on Instagram. And something he has on his website is fuck hacking go deep yes I love that that so much because it's like yeah we're always trying to come up with these new methods to just biohack our bodies and minds and it's like no go deep like Mm -hmm. get to know yourself like heal yourself and heal the world and just heal future generations to come so they don't have to like do all this although this work is very fun and, and like exciting um but they won't have to repeat any of the patterns that have taken place in their childhood. And I think that in itself is awesome and something to look forward to. Um, so yeah, I love this work a lot. Fuck hacking. Go deep. <laughs> yeah. Stop trying to look for the answer out- outside of yourself. It's within you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's all about um, being able to access it. Yeah. And um, where can everyone find you, Capricia? 
Ah, so you guys can come and hang out with me over on Instagram at Caprivana, C-A-P-R-I-V-A-N-A-A, two A's at the end. Awesome. And the the work that you'll be doing with your clients is relating to gut health, hormone health, and now these NLP techniques, right? Yeah, yeah. So exciting. I'm so excited for you and I'm excited for everyone to keep up with you. I'm excited too. Thank you so much for having me on. Problem. I'll link everything um, in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on and thank you everyone for listening. Until next time. Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of the Human Experience Podcast. I do always appreciate your love via Instagram DMs and now any ratings or reviews that you have to give my podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, And of course, feel free to share with friends and family so that others can hear my voice too. Until next time.